Welcome to Screen Thoughts with Hollister and O'Toole. Je peux te laisser mon portable? Oui, si tu veux. Ah, tiens. La maison vous a préparé, mademoiselle. Les combats se retirent à Bagnac. Tenez, je vois l'enfant de toi. Oui. Well, O'Toole, we're going to talk, I guess, about my king. <laughs> you guess? Well, it's a foreign film. Uh, <laughs> Do you think we're going to have the podcast in French? Well, we're not. <laughs> you are perfectly welcome to speak French if you like, but I will not be doing that today. I think if I got out Mon Roi, that might be the extent of my French. No, it's one of the, It's a film that, that's not going to be talked about at dinner parties. I mean, it's not going to have... You don't I don't think? I don't think it's going to get the distribution to do that. But I think it's a film worth talking about. Coming out next week, and we um, we saw in America. It's already played in Europe. I know, and we saw we had the the you know we were invited to a screening a while ago. So, what did you think? It's a long film. I hadn't seen a two, <laughs> two hour four minutes. Yeah, and it's quite an emotional yeah, roller coaster ride. Yeah. Do you know a movie? Another foreign film that it reminded me of in terms of really showing you the highs and lows of an intense relationship. I, it, it was a I can't live with you and I can't live without you relationship. Yes. I can't. Either place is not okay to be. It reminded me of the broken circle breakdown. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. Where you have two people. Which who, actually moved even slower than this. You think? Well, but it had musical movie. interludes. Well, it, it, had, it was a shorter movie, but for me, it moved much more slowly than... While this was a very long film, you know, they cut, 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 scene, scene, scene. It I was, was riveted. Yeah. I was, was really... Good. The acting was spectacular. It was. It was... Why is it always foreign film actors just seem to be better and also more natural and they never wear makeup and they look like us? And those... I'd love to look like them. Well, those you French know I mean. faces. Yeah. Oh, so intense. It stars, of course, Vincent Castle. Did you ever see Black Swan? Yes. He was in that too. And he was in Elizabeth, one of Kate Blanchett's early movies, yeah. who first came on my radar in Not Derailed. a handsome man, by the way. I, there's something about no, him that I, works well, I, for you me. Know, you know what he has... He has that um, ugly, sexy look. I find him so alluring. Now, you know what sexy ugly is? We've talked about this before, and I've gone over this with you before, and I want you to pay attention. I think he's just sexy. Mick Jagger, ugly, sexy. No, I think he's just too much for me. Vincent Castle, I think, is so Uh, my type. I find him ugly, sexy. Really? Yeah. And I think speaking French helps. I was married to a Frenchman, and I'm not sure speaking French helps. Oh, I find it always helps. In fact, to prove the point, in Switzerland, you could watch NYPD Blue in French, German, or English. Remember that character Sipowitz? Yes. Yes. In English, he was Sipowitz. He was kind of bald and sweaty. When you watched NYPD Blue in German, he seemed like a fantastic detective, very matter-of-fact. When you saw him in French, there was something, even Sipowitz. I thought became sexy in French. Okay, well, an inspector. Whether he was sexy or not, you know, he he alludes and he's honest right up front about and the and the the title and we know I care about titles. Yes, you the title do. comes from my king that he was the king of bad guys. You the know, king of jerks. Yeah. She asks, "Are yeah. you a jerk?" And he says, "No, I'm the king of jerks." Yeah. Yeah. T'es pas un connard, toi. Le roi des connards. 
and he was right, and a lot of foreshadowing through the whole thing. But what was really interesting is, you know, it was an intellectual film. You think very emotional, emotional, but also, you know, there there's all kinds of juxtaposition. Now she has a skiing accident at the beginning, and then she flashes back and forth. And this is Emmanuel Berko, who was magnificent. Yes, she was, mm-hmm. um, and also she just won an award recently too. She's had a really good year well, this year. You know, she won for best actress at the Cannes Film Festival. But you know who tied for best actress? Who? Rooney Mara for Carol. Oh, so okay. it went to both of them, which is was very it for unusual this film? for this film. Okay, well, and this film was nominated for eight Cesars. Yeah. Yeah, she she was really really excellent. But what was also excellent, um, and again we I saw it with subtitles, so it's always hard to say whether the screenplay was as good as you think it was because sub- subtitles never really really speak to how a screenplay is written. But the juxtaposition between recovering from a knee injury and mm-hmm. they point out that the knee is the only joint that only bends backwards. I thought that was oh my God. fascinating. I, I, it was totally fascinating. And the doctor who says the word for knee in French is le genou, which if you break it down is je and nous, which is me and, and us, yeah. me and we. Yeah. Fascinating, well, fascinating. Well, what was also wonder, wonderful about that is it was clearly the breaking of the knee, the pain around it, and, and basically a, a psychologist at the beginning sort of insinuates that she did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like she had to break it to be able to stop the pattern of this terrible relationship and begin anew. And it's like a it's suicidal painful. ski accident. Well, uh-huh. you know, well, no, but it was really, it was a very intellectual point of view about the metaphysical points of view of mind and body and the correlation and everything else around it. And it was and a it, great way to flash back I'll tell you over why. their relationship. What was mm-hmm. great about it is it gave us the interlude you needed. You could not, if you pulled out the rehab segments, mm-hmm. you couldn't have watched the film. It was just too much. And it added such dimensions to her character really because did. I loved her relationships with all the guys mm-hmm. that were also going through rehab at the same time. Well, by the way, who were all way younger than her. And I wasn't sure what... made the... a point of this, but it didn't seem like the age gap was as big as, for oh, example... I, I felt it was. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was big, but it wasn't Sally Field big and Hello, My Name is Doris. Well, Doris didn't get the man. So um, did Emmanuel Berko get all seven of these men? I think she could have had them. Which, you know, was a way to root for her character in a way. (laughs) Well, to me, I didn't really... I thought there were too many of them, and it should have been two where you could have really developed those characters better. I felt because there were five or six of them... I do, we just got little snippets of them, and I would have preferred to have had a little bit of a deeper relationship with just a few of them. That's in- interesting yeah. to me. See, I thought it provided levity while yeah. we looked back over this intense I didn't think that was funny. relationship. Nothing those men did was funny. Not funny, but levity. So, for example, when you see these people striving to physically get better while she's recovering from this emotional roller coaster, it was a great way to add scenes of them swimming in a pool doing the rehab, learning to walk again, riding in a car with all the exuberance of we're finally moving again, um, that they were going through something similar. Well, and then she asks them, you know, because she's arriving late to to the rehab game, and she asks them, you know, will I recover? Will I walk again? And some of them are like, no, you might, you know, it might take five years. Someone's like, you know, will I leave here walking? Which really was uh, clearly a question that was much bigger than that. Will I ever, ever love again and feel okay again and be my former self again? Mm -hmm. But what was sort of devastating about this movie is the power 
one human being has over another mm-hmm. to take away that's she was a lawyer she was a strong orator you know she became a shadow of her former self mm-hmm. and he took from her now by the way I always think people are responsible for their own actions so you know she certainly gave it up but it just it was really a devastating blow to the power of one human being to destroy another and it was a matter of joint destruction oh, totally, to see the absolutely. flip side of complete yeah but I'm on her side because I'm a girl and you know I, I thought one of the most powerful scenes was when he reminds her that she came on to him she's the one that sought him out and, and got and this he says whole you thing knew who I was you knew yep. what I was doing Tu me reconnais L'important, c'est les visages. Tu te rappelles de moi Ouais. And the reason yeah. why you break up with someone is the thing that attracted you to them in the first place. Which, He had a point. No, I, it was beautifully written, I think, mm-hmm. because I don't really know, because I, I don't know the language well enough to really hear it in the language. But I think it was beautifully written, and I think the nuances, that's what made it intellectual, is you had to read between the lines, and you had to translate, not just because it was a French film, but you had to translate the inner meaning to so many of them. It's the kind of movie that you needed to see more than once, which we only saw it once. I'm not but, sure I could take it oh, a second time. I think I would time. probably get ten times more the second to time. To me, it didn't feel intellectual as much as it did emotionally honest. Yeah. These actors were so compelling. It was powerful, believable acting. I felt like it was an inside glimpse into this ten-year relationship. And what I really liked is that it inverted the typical arc where you're rooting for two characters to get together. This one, I could see how they found the other so erotic and appealing, and yet you're rooting for their, to borrow the words of Gwyneth Paltrow, perhaps a happy, functional uncoupling. <laughs> the true happy ending is if they don't end up together, in my mind. Yeah, well, you know... Um, by the way, I have a feeling that's one of those lifelong relationships that who knows if in 10 years they might even hook up again. But he walked away really beautifully, I thought. I thought the ending was really well wrapped up, too. Yeah. It was so well done. And it was interesting as you saw them, they would reach rapprochement, they'd get back together, they would go down this path again of, of mutual destruction. At one point, when they, I can't live with you and I can't, can't live without you. you. And when they'd been apart for a while and he sees her again and says, wow, you're so different. You're so exuberant. And she said, I'm back to being the person I was when we first met. Yeah. Very powerful. Yeah. Well, you know, the ability to repair, you know, and the use of the human body in this to mm-hmm. talk about the emotion. Again, this connection between body and soul was so I don't think I've ever seen a movie where I was so mesmerized by their presentation of the body, both in their lovemaking mm-hmm. and in the broken bone and in her swimming, you know. Yeah. I mean every single thing I, I learned something about body movement and repair and it was it was well, well, well worth seeing, but it was badly edited. You think? Well, it, I mean, it was long, but I was never bored. The first thing you said when the lights went up was it was it was two hours and four minutes. Yes, it's true. It, it was long. It could have been shorter. Yeah. It could have been shorter. Which means, but, but when it could be shorter, mm-hmm. it should be shorter. Mm-hmm. It's true. I, yeah. I would have made it shorter. But you're absolutely right. I loved the parallels of the physical injury and the emotional injury. And this roller coaster they took us on of seeing the bonding process, the scarring process, and the healing process. Yeah, no, exactly. And mm-hmm. by, by making much of the visuals physical, mm-hmm. you know, her bones, we really saw the x-rays. By seeing all of that, it definitely 
enhanced it all, you know. And it was almost as though it revealed the manic side of such eroticism, where it's almost a bipolar relationship, where you can see how he's so compelling and such a charmer, and yet it will be the point of her destruction. Did you see Nine and a Half Weeks? A long time ago. Okay. And it was written by? Sarah Kernikan who you did an amazing video on. For sure, go to Screen Thoughts and see uh, O'Toole's video on, with Sarah, Sarah Kernikan. But it was almost like Sarah Kernikan, and by the way, I, lo- I, I felt the mo- Nine and a Half Weeks I have great respect for. I think it's a great movie. Uh, but Nine and a Half Weeks is sophomore year of Harvard, okay? <laughs> this movie is graduate school uh, at, at, you know, Cambridge. You know, it's it's... It's just that so much more complex and more creatively presented and more thought-provoking and more layers. And, and nine and a half weeks, by the way, and when it came out, I remember feeling the same way about it, that it had many layers and that there was a lot going on and there was much to see. Well, when you compare the two, which is really a, a fair comp, you know, a fair, a, it's a comp because she was this great woman who was totally... Composed and, 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 you know, and then the sexual tension between them plus his emotional, psychological torment broke her down, which was his point, which, mm-hmm. by the way, was true in this movie as well. It's a similar, you know, state of, of what, what I'm going to do kind of thing. Um, but the difference is night and day in terms of the, of the sophistication. That's a yeah. perfect word, yeah. Hollister, because it's I thought this... It's a sophisticated this, movie. And it's very powerful and almost more terrifying than Nine and a Half Weeks because in Nine and a Half Weeks, I remember Mickey Rourke was... He never looked better, by the way. <laughs> well, that's true. But you knew that that was literally about domination, and you knew there was something kinky going on with Mickey. No, no Rourke. but it wasn't a. I see nine and a half weeks. It was a BDSM relationship, and I happen to have a client where we've done some work around that issue. And I've read and understand. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I have to say, social it. media work. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it, but anyway, point being, the power lies in the submissive, not in the dominant. The power lies in the person's willingness to submit and at any time she has the right to say no which she constantly pointed out whereas that was not true here in other words in my king whenever she tries to get away he's like you're not going anywhere and not only are you not going anywhere but if you do I'll take our son in other words she's a prisoner but But in nine and a half weeks it was always her choice and he would have let her walk at any time and he told her that now the penalty for walking is that he would walk too you know, so, you know, so, but, but there's very difference, but he, that was a dominant situation. This was a, a, uh, a, a mutual, a mutual, you know, agreement to, to, uh, to destroy. Now, what's interesting. Yet, you see, to me, Nine and a Half Weeks was more overtly about domination and submission, submissiveness. This was almost like a quote-unquote normal relationship Nothing gone awry. Yeah, no, but that's to me what made it terrifying. It's almost like finding... Not, um, only did, not only is it obvious that it's not a normal relationship that went awry, but when you look no, at the prior example, relationship he had, she, the woman, he did the same thing to her. He broke her down. But this is what makes it so terrifying to me is that that's also had the indicia of a quote-unquote caring relationship where all these women keep ending up under the bus so for example 
he um, they get married in this movie. He wants a child in this movie. He can be incredibly nice to her in this movie, and well, yet that was it's true got in nine and a half weeks. not to the same degree. In nine and a half weeks, I you knew from the get go. Okay, this is spiraling out of control. It felt more overtly about domination. Yes, yeah, I you know I don't I, you know this again, that, they were definitely on a yeah. path of mutual destruction. Yeah. But I just think that it, that it was a water you know that nine and a half weeks water skied over it. Whereas, um, but I don't think this movie was about domination. I think that you know at one point it she was says a movie we, about we are destruction. Well, and no, passion. At one point, she says to him, "We destroy each other." Yes. But I never saw her destroying him. I never saw once where he felt destroyed. And so I thought, "You fool! He's destroying you. There's a, no question about it. Or you're allowing him to. Or you know, people have to own their own situation." But I didn't see him being destroyed. He continued to live the life exactly the way he wanted and get exactly what he wanted every single time. He, she never ever destroyed him and so I know I thought that was the one mistake in the movie in that it wasn't true you know what it reminded me of was the interview Your relationship <laughs> <laughs> the interview that Jennifer Garner gave about her marriage with Ben Affleck oh my that god took what are you talking surprise. about well you know how she said that um you were the one who mentioned it to me that <laughs> he was so charming but took up all the space in the room and she was losing herself in the marriage well, it's and fun- needed to find her way back to her own individual It's funny power. you say that because I noticed in the first half of the movie she doesn't speak. You know, she he, he, he does have all the energy in the room. He has all the dialogue. She looks at him interestingly when he says amazing things to her and he's but she rarely participates See, majorly I in the conversation. I found that she spoke, and the way that she sought him out and waited for him yeah. outside where everyone had gone dancing. Well, even the way she flicked the water yes. at him. And the whole, yeah. mm-hmm. no, she I, remembered I, him. It wasn't. Yeah. She, she, she certainly pursued him in the beginning, and I was glad he pointed that out. Why do you want to be as you want? Alors que tu viens avec moi, justement parce que je suis comme je suis. You know, there's something about foreign film, and you know, I don't go as often as I should because you have to work harder when you have to decipher the language. But, but there's something about the cinematography that is so, always so natural. Like, yes, you really everything fits in naturally, and you were at a rehab place, and they didn't pan it in a way that gave you a global view of it. Or, in other words, they just the camera just follows the action. I did not feel the seams of this movie at exactly. all. It was a very believable world. And why which, are American mm. cinematographers so bent on making a statement with their cine- cinematography rather than just following the action? And um, it was funny because in our interview recently with Joe from the Preppy Connection, mm-hmm. um, he talked about there was um, one scene where he just thought they just followed the action. It was a it was a, a scene in the Preppy Connection, right? And it was and I went back and and looked at it again after that conversation where he said he just said, okay, this is all happening very natural, just follow it. And I thought it was one of the best scenes, and it again was also seamless in that if you follow the action, then everything sort of plays to itself. You know? And in that scene, Joe Costello said he let his actors improvise. Yeah. So you didn't feel the script. Um, it's true, you do not feel how certain scenes from Hollywood movies can feel so manufactured and you're feeling manipulated. Right. I, was, I had dinner last night with an actor who's taken a lot of acting lessons, and he said when he goes and he watches somebody on the stage, he said that he always looks at the opposite obstacles that the director puts in front of the actor as they're moving through a scene. And 
I thought that was a really interesting statement. I never thought about it, but he said, you'd be surprised when you're acting and you have to walk from point A to point B and if there's tables and chairs and stuff in the mm-hmm. way and you have to navigate it naturally while that, you know, it's one of the, so he said he always likes to see how the difficulty of obstruction is what he called it. And I thought in this movie that that they they just did it perfectly, like I don't know if the actors were so good, but now I'm going to start to the look at yeah, the actors. Were they were really, really good. Every, every one of them. Phenomenal. Was. Yeah. The dynamic between them, the fact that they carried scenes by themselves. And it was also, it reminded me of a leper colony. Everybody had a leg braces on of some kind. All the rehabs seemed to be on legs. The visible scars. Well, exactly. It, well, some of them were, was really unpleasant, that one scene where they're showing physically what it's all looking and like. And you knew that each had yeah. a story behind yeah. the physical But it was almost injury. like a leper colony of people who couldn't, you know, who had to be rehabbed based on injury. A leper colony. Well, what I mean is they all had a similar ailment, and that's, they, that's why they were all in this one place, and you had to stay in this place till you got better, you know. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a terrible analogy, but... Um, I thought it was just brilliant to think of making the juxtaposition between these two things. The, now, they left two things un, undone, though, that I felt they should have wrapped up. Okay. I, I don't know when she went skiing. The very beginning. Yeah, no, I know. But obviously. <laughs> the opening scene but of the I movie. Mean, she skis by what I think is the father and the son at the beginning. And, you know, later I wondered if it was the father exactly. because you and I wasn't heard sure the it child was. say mommy. And then it was far enough along, like, mm-hmm. I don't feel that, I think they had to go back to how she got on the top of that mountain mm-hmm. and why she was up there alone and why they'd skied in front of her. I mean, it's the words, only time we see snow in the whole movie. They didn't wrap that up well. You know, I wanted them to go back. I, I felt like to do full circle, you had to... Then take me back to how she got That's to a that great accent. point because it was a very yeah. random opening scene. You're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. And then at the end, in the last scene, all of a sudden we realized that their child has had great difficulty, you know, mm-hmm. and he's working through it and doing better, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But she, they didn't show any of that either. Every um, scene with the child in it, he's fine. Okay, but then but they, they start to cover it quite, they cover years. Uh, but but if you're gonna end the if you're gonna at the end talk about how the child is better, meaning he was not okay, mm-hmm. and the pictures he's drawing shows that he's doing better and everything else, then you have to show me when he went when he went off the rail. You know that part didn't bother me so much because to me that scene was all about the dynamic between the parents. True, but I I just want you to wrap up the details. Like, oh my gosh, did he become the kid become a tyrant or violent or withdrawn? In other words, what happened? Uh, you know, I just I needed to see him in that moment to understand how he had made progress. To and get yet, up. the child had visited her in rehab, so you saw the child clearly getting older. Also fine. In other words, he, every time I saw the child, he was fine. I need, but then you can't tell me he wasn't fine and not show me that in some way. I think. Now I am so curious. There's one scene I was wondering what you thought about it. It's the scene where the three of them go to dinner. It's their child's birthday. Out of control. Crazy. <laughs> The scene where she says, take off your jacket, you're going to be mistaken for a waiter. And he pretends to be a waiter, manically going from table to table. She, and what did it remind you of? It, there's a movie Life is Beautiful. Of. Yes. Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh, my God. High five, Hollister. <laughs> it reminded me of the same thing, yes. that, that manic, crazy, uh-huh. and everybody's laughing, but it's so not funny. Right. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Now, by the way, I've spent a lot of time, as you know, in Europe with mm-hmm. the Frenchman, H2, second husband, and... 
those scenes don't happen in right. those restaurants. Right, they really don't. That's yeah, the only part that not really seems... And also, I didn't know what value added it brought. We already knew that that stuff was around. Especially to show that they were all Poorly edited. It. That should have been edited out. But then out. I thought, okay, it must have gone to show that they were all drawn to that manic side. That they confused for charm. I just... I thought it was overkill. I already knew this about everybody. There's nothing new that this is bringing me, and I don't want to sit here for two hours and four minutes. So, <laughs> so you could have taken that four-minute segment out, you know. Right. Yeah. 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 That was the one scene that yeah. did not strike me as true. And also, the other guests in the restaurant were laughing as if they were a part of it, too, but that would not have also. They in Europe, a, there's no way yep, people would have behaved that way. None whatsoever. Yeah. They had a bipolar reaction as well, where they're horrified and then they're charmed so quickly by this behavior. And I have one more question. Mm-hmm. Um, the brother. Yes. How'd you feel about the brother? At first, it wasn't clear to me that it was her well, brother. Well, I, I thought they layered him in too late as the brother. Yes, thank been, you. It looked like yes. he was just her friend at the beginning. That's what I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, but what did you think of the brother? I thought it was a good dimension. I did too. And it was a nice way of commenting on the relationship well, it was also, by a third party. You know, it was also to show love. Mm-hmm. You and know, to show a different dynamic going on at the love, same time. You know, a love yes. of, I want you to be your best self, not your worst mm-hmm. self. And I like that juxtaposition of that. I just felt like he should have been the brother right from the get-go. And it was hard for mm-hmm. him to make that adjustment that he was not no longer a college friend or something. You know, I thought maybe he was from law school or whatever, you know. I liked that he liked the Vincent Cassell character at the beginning. Because it went to show that her choice... He never liked him. He said that he did. No, but he he didn't like him for her. He just enjoyed going there for breakfast because he was an experience he wasn't going to have. But he even when he walked out, when when she when when he throws her his cell phone and she catches it, and then the brother. Well, that part I no. just thought was jealousy on his part that this well, guy I, was yeah, considered so ever, charming. I don't think he women. was ever enamored by him. He was just interested in the lifestyle at the beginning. But that's well, all. Well, there was a point where he said, "You know, I like him." And to me, you it was... said, I just don't like him with you. Well, it, later I felt. Mm-hmm. I felt like it, it showed that complexity of a person can be appealing, but as time goes on, it's this insidious I felt the factor. brother never... I, I don't think the brother ever bought into the, to, 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 to him. I didn't see that. See, I think he did a little bit. The fact that he helped her sister pick him up. To me, was kind well, of an implied he didn't endorsement. Expect it to, you know, in other words, he had never met the guy. You know, he wasn't... You know, he helped her pick him up because there was no thought that this or knowledge of him. He didn't. He didn't know him to like him at that point. See, at the beginning, I liked how he was likable. For example, he was enamored with the fact that she was an attorney. That did not repel him in any way. I didn't Um, find him likable. I thought it was so complex because, to me, it showed the 360 degrees of from intimacy to destruction. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, how much a person will put up with sometimes, you know. Again, you can't live with them, you can't live without them. And the thing that drew her to him was the thing that repelled her from him. So we recommend this, especially if you love foreign films. Um, She was definitely very deserving of her Best Actress win at Cannes Film Festival. She was. Mm -hmm. So congratulations to all of you around that. Mm -hmm. And uh, take a look at this film for sure if it's in your neighborhood. Bien 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 B